Welcome to the Dr. Me First podcast with me, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Erin Wiseman. Hey, you ready to get some time to yourself so you can doctor yourself first? Well, you're in the right place. If so, because this is a podcast all about authentic conversations between us female physicians. I'm your super sassy host, Dr. Erin Wiseman, and I'm helping our female colleagues move from a life of burnout, brokenness, and despair to one that is joy-filled, sustainable, and that they truly, truly love. So you ready for some encouragement, inspiration, hope, and fun? Well, in today's episode, I'm talking with Dr. Shauna Garza. And the word that she's chosen today is learning. More specifically, she's actually here to talk about her transition from a traditional family medicine practice to adolescent medicine and all the details in that. So I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. So sit back, listen, enjoy, and then stick around afterwards for a kick of encouragement. Okay, here we go. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Tell everybody out there in podcast world all about yourself. Well, thanks. My name is Dr. Shauna Garza, and I'm a trained family medicine physician and working in my hometown of McKinney, Texas, which is north of Dallas. And I'm a mom to two awesome kids, a girl age 10 and a boy age seven. I have a great husband who is really supportive of my life as a doctor, but he is not in medicine. And um, right now I'm actually practicing in a very unique practice that focuses on adolescent medicine. So it's kind of different than what I initially trained for, but I'm really enjoying this stage of my career. And because we are just meeting each other, when did you pop over to adolescence and what was that journey like? Yeah, so, you know, that's really um, kind of why I chose my word today was the word is learning. And the idea was that I had been in practice 10 years in family medicine and actually had just spent a lot of time recertifying and taking my boards in 2017. And around that time, I was looking for a new opportunity. The reason was we had moved and I really didn't want to make the same commute I'd had before. So um, we have a very cool Facebook group in Dallas. It's called the Real Physician Moms of DFW. And it's a great support group. It's, I think it probably is a secret group. But on that group, everyone posts jobs, helping each other out. It's a place like a resource for like kid care, referrals, all kinds of things like birthday parties. But I posted that I was looking for a new opportunity and the lead physician in my practice reached out to me and she thought that I would be a good fit for their practice. I joined a group of pediatricians that work with age 10 to 25. So it's a real kind of niche group. And um, I came in um, two years ago and it, for me, it was so different than what I had done before, but um, you know, I really built on the foundation I had in family medicine and then just kind of ran with it. And you know, she saw in me that I could, was ready for the challenge and um, I was ready for a, a change in my focus and it's been great. So now I get to work with young people and teenagers and you know, do primary care, but in adolescent medicine, there's a lot of mental health and other things going on that we take care of as well. So that's kind of, you know, even though I didn't have specific certification or training, I really got kind of on the job training and just, you know, took on that challenge and I, it's been great so far. 
And I love that because as I'm talking to so many other female physicians that I'm coaching, they're like, oh, well, I can't do that because I'm not fellowship trained or, oh, I can't do that because I'm, like you said, a family medicine physician. And I just love that you are the example to be like, no, you can, you go get on the job training, you find partners and peers that you can go to when you have questions and, you know, you can bounce stuff off of and you just stand in the power of I'm a physician and I'm a forever learner. And this is the Mm -hmm. next step. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it, it took the lead physicians, you know, time, kind of the mentoring and like training, but I mean, they really believed in me and I, I really, what I did is I built on what I knew, but then I've learned so much in the last two years in this practice and grown so much really beyond what I kind of expected. And, you know, now you get to a point where you feel like you can master a new area. And, um, you know, I've decided I'm in my early forties and this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, who knows in 10 years, but this is really where I want to kind of head in my career and continue. So it's worked out really well for me. I've had the exact same experience. So, you know, I'm family medicine trained as well. And I popped over to ER and I found um, a physician group that were really enthusiastic about taking family medicine physicians and morphing them into um, emergency medicine physicians in the same model. Like it was like very strong in mentoring. And at first I had those same doubts. I was like, Ooh, you know, like I'm family medicine. Like how much is this going to stretch me? And I can say the same thing. Having done that, I'm, I grew so much as a clinician and I was just mm-hmm. so proud of that. I felt like I maybe even had more growth in that transformation than I did in residency, even because I was, mm-hmm. you know, going through that kind of morphing process as an older learner, but it was so yeah, nice that yeah. you really had this with your adolescent practice. Like some of that stuff, it just kind of bubbles back up to the surface again. And you're like, oh, I got this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it it builds on what you know, you know, you realize how much training you have had and all the exposure and experience and, you know, I don't think of myself as seasoned because I'm 12 years out of residency, but, you know, I guess I am to a degree and it's like you just grow, grow from that. And, you know, I, I learn a lot from my patients too. That's one thing I kind of realize more in this work because I'm in my 40s and I have school age kids, you know, I don't have direct kind of personal experience with teenagers And so I learned from them kind of like what issues they're dealing with and what really is causing their stress and just kind of the nature of life for them. And so that's been something that's been like even more apparent. I think through life, you learn from your patients just, you know, I don't, at least in family medicine with the continuity of care, I felt like that was something that came up a lot for me, but it's a lot more so now with this age range. Um, And it's just a lot of fun. I mean, they're really fun to talk to and um, kind of even just having kind of humor in visits and kind of lightheartedness. And um, even when things are tough, it's, it's a, it's a nice group to follow along with. And what's great about our practice is we see patients up until 25 and sometimes they stay till they're 27, 28. And our joke is that we never boot anybody out, that they graduate when they're ready. Um, So, you know, you kind of see them really grow up into themselves, which is neat too. So. Yeah, that would be so amazing to to really hold on to that because I know that's where a lot of pediatricians they like want to keep they want to keep their group their people, mm-hmm. and so yeah, that's great that you kind of let them self graduate with yeah. All of that. Yeah, that's so, right. What would you say to our, our listeners who are sitting out there and they're like, "Man, this sounds kind of interesting." Hit the like high points of making this transition. 
Yeah, so, you know, for me, what really initially guided me was somewhat selfish, I'll be honest, is that I, another thing that's kind of unique about me is I've worked part-time for 10 years. So since I had children, I chose to work part-time. And that was also kind of where I thought about the word learning is that came from learning about myself of what really worked for me is I went to a very intense family medicine program that's the largest in the country, JPS, it's in Fort Worth, and very um, just rigorous program. And I kind of realized how I felt at the end of that and thought, I don't know if I can sustain this in life and be balanced and happy and be a good mom and just kind of do the other things that are important to me. And so I made a choice early on. So really what led me to this kind of shift in my career was guided by the opportunity to work part-time in this practice. So that's really was the first thing um, because I didn't wanna let go of that with um, you know the job change. I had previously been eight plus years in a community medicine setting, so very different. Uh, working kind of in an underserved urban area. And I worked part-time, a variety of schedules over the years, depending on like the age of my kids and childcare and all that. But um, that was just really important for my kind of sanity as a doctor and also as a mom. And I've, um, I've just felt very lucky to have been able to maintain that. So that's, that's initially what guided me to even consider this shift. And then, um, you know, I got to spend a day in the practice kind of shadowing and really seeing the work that they do. And that's for me was just, I, you know, it, it wasn't so different, but I could see myself there. And then it's, you know, really finding, um, you know, kind of reading ahead of time and just preparing and, and um, kind of taking it a week at a time. I think that it's hard to look forward and say, okay, I've done 10 years of this, what am I gonna do for the next 10 years? But it was really just kind of giving yourself some space to, to learn and, um, and I felt very supported in that as well from my colleagues. So, um, you know, I do think it's, it's never too late to make a shift, especially if you're in a job that is not working for you anymore. <laughs> you know, that there's things about it that don't fit what's right for you at this time in your life. That's one thing. And then the other is that, um, you know, if it's not what you expected it to be, because I mean, I think we sometimes, I kind of have this joke of like white knuckling life where you're, you know, you've decided one thing and you're like going to do it regardless. And you're, you know, you're all in committed because that's just kind of the way our life is leading up to, you know, through all the stages of becoming a doctor. So I think it's like, you know, letting go of that a little bit where you're like, that wasn't maybe the best place for me and realizing it and, um, you know, taking that, it's kind of a leap, I guess, but you know, I, I tell people it's like, nothing's forever. If it's not the right fit, then you find something else that works for you. So, but anyway, that's, what's worked for me. Yeah. I, and I hear you saying like knowing what you want and you identified that early on with your schedule with the part-time mm -hmm. and then just being unapologetic and looking in your next career to be like, no, that's, that's going to stay around. Like we're not mm -hmm. going to shift that because we really like it. You know, getting, having the shadowing opportunity, I think is huge. I encourage mm -hmm. anybody who's getting ready to go into a position, you get your butt in there one time that they know yeah. you're coming and then another time just show up unexpected because that's a, then good you point. Get a really good feel for the next place that you're joining. Yeah. I find so many of us jumped into a position that we thought was good, but mm -hmm. 
we didn't really know the true underlying culture. And so I encourage all of my people as they're looking at, you know, jobs or whatever, because of course, you know, when they know you're coming, they're going to put on the best game face. Yes. But I, I think it's good to have that shadowing opportunity and staying there and asking the questions because I feel like this time around, you know, as we are transitioning and doing different things in our career, it's not so much like, Oh my God, am I going to get a job? It's no. like, is this job the fit for me? Because yes. Is it the right job? Yeah. I'm yes. bringing so much to this opportunity. Let's mm-hmm. make sure that I'm not trying to fit myself in a hole that is not comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think believe that's that. perfect with going and shadowing. And yeah. then I loved your quote with the white knuckling life. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Yes, you know, yes. it's kind of like you can't, you have the steering wheel and you cannot let go. <laughs> so. You gotta like pry one finger at a time <laughs> off of it because you're yeah. just so like locked down. Yeah. Oh gosh, that is so true. Yeah. You what know, were the I things think... that helped you kind of unlock so that you could find new opportunities? You know, I think it was just really just being in tune with like what fit for me and my family. And so it's also very personal. I mean, I don't judge people that, you know, work. I have one of my best friends is a hospitalist and, you know, she has a busy schedule and has two kids and she makes it work. And so it's really about what works for you. But I will say, you know, choosing the part-time life, you know, you sometimes feel like you have to say, well, I just work part-time or, you know, feeling like you kind of have to justify it. But I've gotten past that because it's, you know, it's what works for me and my family. And so, you know, it, it helps us have balance and peace and just feel happier with things. And, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about burnout and, you know, it's very real, but I, I just think I probably had a lower threshold for burnout. Like I could just feel that brewing in me um, at residency and kind of finishing that. And I, I did work two full years in private practice before I, had kids and made that shift. So that's kind of like the first shift I made was to a practice that allowed me to work part-time, but it's just, it was really a personal choice for my family. And I will tell you one thing I did learn about myself is that I can advocate for myself. And so, I mean, I found jobs that really weren't even jobs that were kind of listed or promoted and kind of created those jobs by you know, meeting people and just making calls and making visits and saying, you know, I'm the right fit for this and making it work. And so that's something that, I mean, you do kind of have to sell yourself um, because it's not going to necessarily come out and find you, but um, that's, that's come up a few times in my career where I've just found the job that works for me. So. Yeah. And I think that's having the bravery to say I'm making a change. And like when you start declaring that and you start networking, you start telling your network, and this is what I have to offer, you're absolutely right. That's when the offers that aren't listed in LinkedIn or in the doctor magazines start to pop up because people who know you then recommend you. And yeah, then you can actually make a position that fits for you rather than trying to just, you know, find that and look at that. So I think, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Networking is huge and advocating for yourself and saying, yeah, this is what I'm doing. And, and, you know, that's the other thing is when you're in power and you're looking for something in a positive light, like before the shit has hit the fan and you're like, I'm just ready to, I can tell uh, it's time to make some changes. There's no any like big, huge problems. It's just like, I feel like I need to grow or learn or move in a different position. That's so much better place than getting to the end and being totally crispy with burnout and then being like, Oh my God, what do I do now? While you're trying to recover from all that. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I mean, it's everybody's on a different path, but that's what worked for me. I will say the other thing about my current practice that's so interesting is that there are eight physicians there now in adolescent medicine, and we all work part time. We have staggered schedules. And so, you know, it's very much supported there. So it wasn't like I was blazing a new trail or, you know, kind of only advocating for myself, but you know, I really just kind of fit into the culture that was there. And that's also why it's a good fit for me. So good. And I want know. all the women out there to hear that. Everybody in mm -hmm. her practice works part time. I mean, that yeah. to me, because then when you go to your administration or you're talking to your group and they're like, oh, that's not status quo, you take them this episode <laughs> and you show them that yes, yeah. and patients still get seen and people are yes. much happier. Because the thing is, a happy physician is a productive physician both in line. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, we had a manager and she said, you know, I don't ever tell the physicians no, because we want them to be happy. Like we want it to be what works for them because then they will stay. And so, you know, that kind of came from the top down. And I wanted to mention too, there are two doctors in our practice that are male who also work part-time. So it's not just women, you know, and that, so it's, we all have different variations of schedule right now. I'm there two and a half days. And so it's like, you know, I guess 0.5 FTE, um, but it's, it's very much supported. So it is possible to find or even create that type of arrangement within your practice. Absolutely. So. Well, thank you so much for volunteering and coming on the podcast and telling us all about this amazing transition you've gone in and what you're currently living in, because I think this is really going to have help a lot of listeners be like, if she can do it, I can do it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, thank you. If people want to reach out to you and ask more questions or just give you kudos, um, where can they find you at? So I do I have a social media professional page that's Dr. Dr. Shauna Garza, S-H-A-N-N-A-G-A-R-Z-A, excuse me, on Instagram and Facebook. And then my practice website is um, gtw-health.com. And that's uh, girls to women health. Our practice name is kind of long. It's girls to women and young men's health and wellness. <laughs> so that's kind of encompasses what we do with teenagers. <laughs> so. Well, good. Well, I will get all of that posted in the show notes for anybody who's interested um, in adolescent medicine or working an alternative schedule or just want to hang out with you because I think you're amazing. Thanks again for being a listener who has now become a guest. Yes, thank you for having me. It was a real pleasure. All right, such a good conversation. And I really want to talk a little bit more about transitions because a lot of us are doing them. That's right, people. A lot of people are making changes and that's wonderful and that's okay. And it's part of life. And so I want to give you four tips right now if you're out there thinking, hmm, is there a jump that I need to make in my life? So first one is you can learn, you can relearn, and you have great neuroplasticity. Seriously, you're not in the position that you're in because you're a bad learner. Maybe you're not the greatest at taking tests. Maybe sometimes your memory fails you and you have a lapse and you have to look it up. But here's the thing, in today's world where we are at, you have already proven that you are a good learner, that you can retain information. And you've also shown that you know where to go to get more information if you have questions. So you can learn, you can relearn. 
Two, transitions seem scary and possible, but guess what? They're not. Because, like I mentioned, lots of people are doing them, and it's okay to do them. You know, what do they say? The only things that are constant in life is death, change, and taxes. So we might as well get used to it. So just know, it may seem scary and possible, but it's not scary and possible. Three, and I've said this already, lots of doctors are making transitions. You're not the only one. Yeah, you may be the only one in your small little micro pond that you swim around in every single day, but in the huge, wide, vast ocean of medicine, there's lots of people doing lots of transitions every single day. And four, stop the thought, but there's nothing else I can do. Whoa, halt the train. Do you don't believe me? I want you to go ahead, call your best friend after this podcast ends and ask them, what's some ways that I'm awesome? And then I want you to really listen to them. And then I want them to tell it back to you so you can write it down. And you may not believe it at first, but here's what I want you to work on. Just start seeing yourself through their eyes because it's okay to borrow until it sticks. If you don't see that in yourself, talk to somebody that you trust and then start seeing the truths that they see about you in yourself because guess what? There is infinite amount of possibilities that you can keep doing, that you can transition to just within your practice. There's a million different things that you can do besides the exact thing that you're doing right now. And sometimes you've just got to build that faith muscle by talking to people around you who already see that in you. Maybe it's a best friend. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a coach. Whatever. I want you to get a hold of those people. And I want you to hear that so you can start borrowing their truth so it starts to stick. Okay, my friends, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Dr. Me First. It's always such a pleasure to be able to serve you, to give you these episodes, and I would just love to hear from you if they are affecting your life. And please remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Bye.